Mic check one two one two. You're tuned into the Sean Soapbox. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, where you wherever you are. You tuned into the Sean Soapbox, and I got the amazing Deja Woodard with me in the studio. Say what's up to the people. Hey everyone, I am Deja Woodard. I am a senior in communication with a concentration in public relations, and I also have minors in business administration. Chinese studies and entrepreneurship and I am a lot of other things to a lot of other people <laughs> so she's also the host of the grace and grind growth podcast definitely yes so the grace and grind growth podcast that's a lot in one in one title grace grinding growth yeah grace grind and growth so there's grace there's grinding and there's growth what made you come up with that title? Like, what's the like idea behind that title? So for me, Grace Grinding Growth is really just about the testament to um, the struggle, right? A lot of people speak on their story and the um, highlights and lowlights um, after the fact, right? After they've reached a point of success that they can they feel comfortable enough, you know, sharing the behind the scenes with. Um, but it's really never that simple, like. The long days, the short days, all in all, is it should be accounted for um, throughout the entire journey uh, because the fun part isn't really in the destination; it's in the journey to the destination. You know. Oh yeah, most definitely. It sounds kind of like a like a journal for you, like a kind of like a documentation of your experience, and kind of like you put it out there for like everybody else to kind of experience it with you. Absolutely. So is that why you started the podcast? I started the podcast because I felt like. I had just gotten into podcasts maybe the year before I started it. I started it at the end of my sophomore year, so in 2017. And I just felt like out of all the podcasts I listened to, um, especially um, from hosts that look like me or women of color, um, there was a lot going on, but there wasn't something that I felt like just fit me right. Like um, there was a lot of different topics and a lot of different subjects coming from a lot of different people. um, But I felt like, the college experience, that landscape, um, women of color, personal development, all these things that I love never really intersected in just one podcast. So it was kind of like you took that up for yourself, kind of like I don't see it from see it out there for me. Like, well, I'll just create the space myself. Absolutely. Uh, Most definitely. Must was that like how's you how does it feel to create your own space? Honestly, for me it was scary. Um and it's so funny because I I think about it and I refuse to go listen to it but my very first episode I just remember being timid like who am I to like do this like you know that kind of thing like why should I why did I even some imposter syndrome why did I even think about this you know um but um it's really it's a really rewarding feeling um especially now that I've grown into it and feel a lot better and more confident just in myself and as a person but especially in the podcast space it's really I know that it's there for me to reflect on, even though I just still haven't really gotten used to the sound of my voice, as crazy as it sounds. Um, I like it's not crazy at all. I'm still not used to my it's weird, sound of my right? own voice. It's weird. It's really just weird. It is. But yeah, I just haven't um by choice necessarily listened to all of my episodes all over again, but I just remember how far I've come just by the feeling and the perspective. Almost def- I know what you're talking about because like I haven't looked the back at my past episodes it's crazy i won a speech competition this week and i still haven't looked at the video first of all congratulations (laughs) (laughs) thank you but why but that's pretty fresh though it's not like i mean 
you can see growth in like short durations of time but even still that's pretty fresh yeah because like the video is out there for me to look at and like i clicked the link but like when it started i didn't even look <laughs> i didn't even look like i stopped it as soon as it like started i was like nah i just don't i'm just not gonna look that at is it. hilarious and i think a part of it is because i'm when i won i couldn't believe it i honestly couldn't believe it i didn't think i was gonna win i honestly didn't think i was gonna win because i thought i was fighting for like at least runner-up and when i didn't get runner-up because they announced the runner-up first right. when they announced the winner and so, like, when I didn't get runner-up, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. It's been a cool experience. I was ready myself to be, like, to to celebrate someone else's victory. Like, you know, I mean, I wanted to win. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Then they said my name, and I was like, yo, I won. <laughs> I can't believe this is real right yes. now. This is reality. Like, and uh, shout-out to... Um, the global uh, engagement office and shout out to uh, our student pre- student uh, government president for being so, such a, a great MC and for just being a great uh, presence and just putting on that program. And it's also International Education Month for, for people who don't know. So shout out to that as well. And yeah, well, like when I won, I was just like, yo, I really can't believe it. Like I never knew I was that humble. Like, I always thought, like, when I won, I'd be like, yo, I won. Of course I won. I'm so confident. But actually, I wasn't. You <laughs> I weren't was, even like, expecting it. I wasn't, wasn't even expect- ready. I wasn't ready at all. And so it's like, I still can't believe I won. That's the thing. I, st- I, I won. Is That's the fact. But it's like, I still can't believe it. Like, I'm still kind of, like, wrestling with that. Like, yo, I won. I feel that's that. That's crazy. I and think, you still obviously haven't accepted it because you still have not watched this video. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really just like have not accepted that one. Like I gotten so many like congratulations and love for it. And I'm just like, thank you. I, I appreciate all of it. I just try to be humble about it, honestly, because it's just like it's not something I want to brag about, which is weird. But it's still an accomplishment nonetheless. Whether you brag about it or not, it still happened. That's true. That is true. That's very true. Like, I just really just want to be humble about it. Just kind of be like, okay, that happened. That's cool. But I honestly, I feel you on that. Because it's like, it could be kind of, not scary, but kind of like uncomfortable to hear your own voice. So I feel that I feel you on that one. So, like, what has changed for you now that you've, like, done the podcast? Like, what has, like, how have, how has podcasting impacted you? My own podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, perspective perspective is everything Um, I did use it like you said in the beginning as a journal right to like account for my steps and what I'm doing and where I'm going and that whole process like the journey is everything like I mentioned before but I just feel like my perspective is what's changed the most I've grown comfortable in my skin when I started it I was in a really like interesting place just as a person like trying to figure it out who I am um unlearning things that I feel like were kind of just put on me and not necessarily things that I chose for myself Um, and just figuring it out really so like that perspective has just been everything just evolving as a person and knowing that I don't even I'm not the same person that I was but I also feel like um, who I was wasn't bad so I've only gotten better as a result of all the changes and all the um, transitions and perceptions really so like I heard something to the effect of like there are things I had to unlearn and 
because they were put on me. I didn't even choose those things, but they were put on me and they were part of my identity. So I, but I had to unlearn those things. That sounds like you wanted autonomy over yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I think that with I think that we are already given autonomy, you know, just in becoming making the transition from high school to college. Um, what people do with it is where they get a little where the slope get a little slippery. But I feel like I have always been a person or like a creature of habit. And that's not necessarily always a good thing. And so I had to learn, you know, like, am I doing this because I feel like I should or am I doing this because I want to? You know, am I being busy because everybody else seems like they're busy? And if I don't, then I feel like I'm going to be missing something. Or am I busy because I feel like everything on my list or on my schedule for the day is contributing to my personal mission and like embodying my values, you know? So like you so was you trying to kind of like compensate for what you saw around you? Like, are you compensating for something you perceived that you lacked? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I would say that I was, I don't think that I felt like I was lacking. I do think that I was really just like, okay, well, this is what people at this point do. Like I, it was a lot of shoulds and supposed tos. Um, it wasn't necessarily coming from a place of like not doing it because everybody else was. Um, but it was definitely kind of like just being on autopilot. Like, okay, everybody else is, you know, getting a job. I should have a job like uh it's not like I lacked the need like I didn't need to do everything else that everybody else was doing um but I just felt like I was supposed to so that's why so like you kind of like assigned like a responsibility because of the environment that you was around everybody's grinding so it's just like where's my stone to grind kind of thing right and that's not bad but I do feel like everybody has their own time um and their timelines are different and so are their destinations so even you know, if we're all doing the same thing now, I may be, you know, 20 percent into my race, whereas you just touching the pavement like you're just getting started because your journey might be a completely different path and it may look a little bit longer or something like that. Some of us hit like the Sonic Hedgehog spin dash. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> For sure. Most of, some of us hit some of us hit the flash, though, just be like <laughs> just like going through the next race. A little spin thing, collect all the coins, everything. All yeah, that. yeah. I learned like some people like move fast, some people move slow, but like it all matters in the sense of like it's your own individual accomplishment. You put yourself on your own timetable. Most definitely. And you set yourself up either for su- success or failure. And that's kind of like I learned like when my relationship with autonomy is like I definitely value my autonomy above all. I've learned. Also, with autonomy comes the ability to say no. So, like, that's another part of it. That's huge. Yeah, like, you have to... To be autonomous doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything. That doesn't mean you're you're having autonomy. It means you're just being busy. Absolutely. Most definitely. So, when it comes to, like, in transition, like, talking about, like, growth and autonomy with this podcast... What like episode was like your favorite? And the reason why I'm asking is because when it comes to your podcast, it seems like it, it transitioned a lot from journal to like where you're since you're in a like your podcast is kind of like a representation of your own journey. So like you kind of like I was in this space, but now I moved beyond that space. So like, what part does Deja value the most? 
what part do I value? Okay, so I heard two questions in there. Which what episode is my favorite, and what do I value the most? I think that right now my favorite episode. Um, I have an episode called budgeting, and it's not necessarily what you would think. Like it's not really about finances. It's really about how you spend your time and your energy. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have the concept, but they 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 have the education without the application, right? Like they know all the facts and they know what they should be doing and they know. Um, you know, how it would pan out and the impact it could have, but they don't really apply the knowledge that they have to improve the situations that they find themselves in. There's a missing step from one to two. Right. Um, and I think that's my favorite just because it's the only episode that I will go back and listen to voluntarily. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like I mentioned, it's just when you get into the space of podcasting, um, I may listen to a podcast before I put it out a few times, but once it's out, it's out, and then I'm on to the next one. Um, and so for that one, um, I think the first time I re-listened to it was just because somebody told me, um, they were like, Deja, you said this. Like I was venting to like somebody or something and they were like, you said this, like you need to take your own advice. And I'm just like, you know what? Dang, maybe I should like, that's actually true because I still feel that way. But, um, sometimes I have to put myself in the perspective of like other people when I should take my own advice. And what I mean by that is just like, I'll. I would tell my friends to like, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to me, it's different. And it's not different. I just, <laughs> I just move different and I shouldn't. Um, and the second question, um, I feel like, honestly, I just really love the podcast experience. Like I like, you know, some people have their own outlets. They do music, they do YouTube, they, um, whatever you can think of. I don't even know. I have a few personal trainer friends. I have people who love cooking like they have their outlet and this is just mine like this is the one that I feel like I can be most authentic in because I don't want to do everything else just because everybody else is doing it so it's kind of like you get to be like like you created that space for yourself and now you seem to like enjoy it more most definitely absolutely because it seemed like you stepped out of that kind of like your shell kind of like kind of built this shell and then you bust right through it and then now <laughs> you're just kind of like enjoying the like oh this is what outside looks like this is what my space looks like outside of my head. Yep. It's actually manifesting. It's actually reality. And I'm, that feels like it's kind of gratifying. Like Very. It really is. Like, how does it feel like that feeling, like like, like that gratification you're getting now? It's really fulfilling. Um, I feel like there are a finite, a very finite number of things that, fill my cup up that don't include other people which is very important to me because i'm very introverted very (laughs) (laughs) Very. thanks for the confirmation um no but i am very introverted and that's just something that i can do freely um in my own space whenever i feel like it and that's a great feeling to have like um because like a lot of other things are like service based or you know they if when it starts to include other people that starts to get into the territory of stuff that you can't control Um, and podcasting and the subjects and the people that I, you know, um, speak to, that's all stuff that I can control. I can control my message and how I deliver it and what I have to say about it. Like, that's really gratifying. Yes. Like when you have like, nah, I don't want to say ultimate self-control, but like when you have, when you're practicing self-control and like in the most freeing way possible, like I get what you're saying. Cause like with this podcast, I feel the same way cause I'm introvert. So it's just like getting to what was that look i just left that's all (laughs) okay as an introvert i feel that too uh that sense of like i can do this outside of it like anybody else i can 
enjoy this for myself purely without worrying about like touching on somebody else's toes and there's like it's not even like nothing per se malicious about that it's because kind of like i just want my own space yeah get in your own lane stay there can't nobody beat you in the race that you're in right i'm in the ferrari <laughs> i'm in the lambo or i'm in the lambo it, it doesn't matter like i'm in running my own race listen here i'm in my little kia and i'm fine with that okay your little kid i mean that's cool that's cool that's cool <laughs> we all run our own race bro. i'm just saying when i hit the race track i want a lamb but i'm just saying just put on cruise control you know what i'm saying just i cannot <laughs> <laughs> um so like who did the art for your podcast like i saw the art that was pretty cool like the cover art yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah so um one of my good friends he actually does music is funny he's just talented like that uh, my friend nate browning he did my cover art nate yes nate like i love like nate. like producer nate producer nate shout like out astro to nate. nate get into shout it shout out astro nate many bro. man of many talents for sure um nate did it for me uh and i just told him you know like i had it done before i started the podcast and i just told him like i'm about to start a podcast i need a visual like you know, these are the things that I plan to talk about. I want this vibe. I want these colors. Do what you will with that outline. Like, I think my guidelines were, were like, really that simple. Um, and he just got back to me, like, a week later and was like, here. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then it's so funny because if you know Nate, you know that, that Nate absolutely loves Chipotle. Like, that, yeah. is, that man will eat Chipotle for yeah. every meal if you let him. And so my thank – he didn't charge me for it. Um, he just did it for me. And so my thank you – uh, in exchange for his services because at the end of the day you know we all out here doing our own thing um, I just got him a Chipotle gift card so my, <laughs> so my cover art cost me a Chipotle gift card <laughs> but um, yeah shout out to Nate because he is truly like I really love talking to Nate just about anything creative even to this day yeah shout out to Nate man he's great he's truly awesome he's a great person great person shout out to Nate like so I want to talk to you kind of like transition to like self-development because i feel like that's a big part of the growth the grind the grace all that all those themes so like what does growth mean for you like what does that mean to you how do you define growth you know all those things like how do you feel about growth like let's get into it okay yes let's talk all things growth because self-development is just where i love to be at um growth for me is multifaceted, right? Like you have several areas of your life that you uh, that make up who you are, um, and the areas that you choose help influence the decisions that you make on a daily basis, right? What are your areas? So for me, I'm very big on myself. That's a new focus. I'm trying to make sure that I'm taking care of me because I'm very. I'm not gonna say I'm bad at it, but there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. Um, academics, of course, full time college student. Um, there's the young professional. I have a part-time job on campus. Um, and then there's extracurriculars. And last but of course not least, there's faith. Um, and so all these moving pieces help influence the decisions that I make every day, the actions I take, um, how I view my bigger picture. And so I feel like in all these little buckets, you can invest in them, um, whether it's like taking a class to improve, I don't know, resume building or something. That's like a way you can grow in your academic area. Um, maybe checking in on family, stuff like that. For me, that's how I fill up my bucket for myself because if the people around me are good, then I feel great. Like, 
mm-hmm. everybody else doing okay, then I'm with it. I'm all behind it. Um, and I feel like growth is really just the investment in the area that you want to flourish. And when we do, when we grow really well, is because we're investing, maybe not evenly, but um, according to our needs. Yeah, according to like distribution, right? What we can do exactly, and so that's where it comes from for me. I feel like you have to invest, um, and that looks differently in every area, of course, whether it be time, energy, money, um, giving back, all that stuff. But growth really comes from within, and it's something that you have to do for yourself. Most definitely, most definitely. I with like investing, like what have you learned? How do you assess like what's a good investment for you at a particular time? Um, I think for me, it's really the awareness of what I'm expecting from it or what I can do for someone else. Mm. And those kind of, sometimes, you know, if you do for someone else, um, what you're expecting is just the gratification of having done something. Um, But I would really say awareness because when I invest in something, it's like the conscious decision. Like I'm the type of person who would give away my time instead of like allocating my time in like a more positive manner. Like if something popped up, I'd just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna spend two hours talking to you because you just caught me in the student union or something like that. As opposed to being more strategic in how my time is spent because the intentionality behind it is really what drives the awareness of what you're doing and where you're investing your time and resources. Yeah, intentionality is like definitely key because like, like say something like, I remember was it last weekend i intentionally sat down at the crib and did nothing and it felt good because i was intentional about why i was doing it because too much was going on i had to kind of like sit down for a bit just to chill recollect connect myself be introvert for like 24 hours most definitely because like the thing is is like a part of kind of like what i had to unlearn was kind of like having to satisfy everyone's expectations of me so that people expect me to be an extrovert just because like I like people but I'm an introvert so I need to be alone I want to talk to you but I don't I, I need to be able to not talk to you exactly but you know it's it's a little bit of a double-edged sword though because sometimes I I, I won't say I play myself but like I put myself in a bad position because when you catch me in certain places and I'm turned on, right? My extroversion is turned on um, and I'm social and I'm saying, hey, how are you? How's your day? All these things. And I'm all in your face, high energy uh, because that is what my extroversion looks like. Um, and right. then I see really? you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I see you later on in the day or I see you off campus in like a more intimate personal setting. And now I'm low key and I'm quiet. And you're like, okay, well, she's just being weird because you're not getting the same days you got you know, the day before, the hours before, the week before. And so I'm kind of like exposing you to a vibe that I personally can't maintain because that's not necessarily Deja 24-7. Oh, yeah, people are multifaceted. Like, that's the thing. Like, people are complex. Like, people have different sides. Like, if you were, like, one thing all the time, that's very, like, superficial. But not in a bad way, just, like, because, like, there's some people out there who are, like, who are just bubbly people 24-7, just, right. like, and but that's authentic to them you know i mean all power to them i couldn't do it <laughs> all power <laughs> Me neither. To, i couldn't do it introvert like, to introvert you preach it to the choir right now i understand like i had to take a step back like i love you but like nah <laughs> like i gotta take a whole step back 
like you know, like a hard step back, like you know that basketball step back. That, I'm done. That basketball step back. <laughs> but now nah, I feel you on that one. Like, how do you take a step back? Like, what does taking a step back like look like for you when you feel like you're at your limit? Um. Okay. So for me, it's actually been really interesting because I experienced some burnout. Um. And it's like burnout as in like, I don't want to do anything like at all. And I can't afford to feel like this, like burnout, scary burnout. Like I've never felt like this before. Um, And so I've been learning um, one, the power of no, which you already touched on. And two, um, it's okay. Like to give yourself grace to not do anything. And that is something that I'm terrible at. Like Sean, when you were sitting here saying like you just gave yourself the time to do nothing in my head, I'm like, oh, I need to do that because that sounds scary to me. Like, it's weird. I spend my idle time filling my idle time. Like, it's weird. And it's not always like super busy run here and there. But like, if I'm not doing something in certain environments, I feel like I'm missing out on something else. You know what I mean? Like, I should be doing something else. Like, I have a hustler's mentality. So like, my whole thing is like, when I'm idle, I'm just like, Yo, this is a project I could work on. This is an idea I could like, like do some work on. It's always like a, it's always like I could write this novel. I could write me a poem real quick. I could do something. Like it's, I'm always like thinking about the grind. I'm just like I'd learn to chill because like the grind is gonna be the stone gonna be there no matter what. Right. Um, I had to because a lot of it came from a fear of I'm not using my talents to their maximum potential. But I learned I can't burn myself out in that. Cause like it doesn't matter if the talent's there if I if I'm not there, like, right? Me, right? Like, no, really? No, cause like I have to chill for myself to sustain myself. I cannot respond to the sex messages because I must sustain myself. Yes, I agree with all that. Most definitely. So, where do you like? Why are you so passionate about growth? Because I feel like exposure is a really good teacher. <laughs> Uh, so say more <laughs> I just feel like the the things that I've been exposed to the environments the spaces the people I just know that I have a lot of growing to do um, I feel like you're more aware of your opportunities and what's really possible when you expose yourself to a lot more and so um, when I feel like there are days when I feel like um, I should be I could be I would be um, I just feel like how am I going to get there but to grow into it, right? Like, you don't just transform overnight. It's a slow process, and sometimes it's painful, but it's beautiful. Like, the end product is always going to be awesome. I mean, like, that's just beautifully said because, like, <laughs> transformation is hard, bro. Like, er, like, to use, like, an anime reference, like, everybody can't go Super Saiyan overnight. Like, that's just not what happens. Like, that's just not what happens. But it takes time. It takes time to grind to get up there. And I, I like what you said about it being beautiful at the end because when you're going through it, you don't see it. But you, you like, after you get some experience, you learn that, like, that's the end product. Because I feel like growth is not, like, a linear journey. It's very, like, nonlinear. Even though, like, we, time is moving forward, things are moving, like, in different ways. Absolutely, yeah. Like... So for me, it's like I've learned like that while time is moving forward, different things are moving at different times. So like for me, it's like I've learned that 
me being in this podcasting space occurred at the right amount of time when I had the right amount of experience so I can be best able to serve at this position because for so long I developed communication skills for like the workplace for different things but I always wanted to use my communication skills for like creativity purposes like podcasting or like a video series or something like that I always had a passion for it but I never like was able to kind of cut my teeth within this space but now I have this position to do so and it feels great and I appreciate it more because it occurred at the right time so it's like I get what you're definitely get what you're saying like it was definitely painful developing those communication skills (laughs) because communication is key but it's hard (laughs) it's hard especially when people communicate differently from you I have a supervisor who always says that the intersection between time and opportunity is the only thing that you should want. Because if you get something before it's the right time, you won't keep it, like you won't maintain it. And if you get the right thing at the wrong time, you won't know how to handle it and you won't be ready for it. So that intersection is like ideal for sure. Your supervisor gave you some dope advice. Shout out to your supervisor. Yeah, most definitely. Shout out to him, Stephen Tucci. Like, was that your supervisor for your like your current job at Wellness and Rec? Yeah, actually, um, and it's funny because he's no longer directly over me anymore, Um, but he is still within um, the organization. Um, But, yes, I work with some amazing people, like, truly. Wellness and recreation, literally, is all about wellness. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not, like, the perfect job for you. Is that why you got that job originally? Like, did you, what was the intentions behind it, or was you just trying to get a job at the point? So, originally, (laughs) so, originally, um, I was just going to, they had a recruitment fair like my sophomore year, I think. And my friend was, my roommate at the time was like, hey, like I want to go get a job. Can you come to this recruitment fair with me? And then she took me and we went together. Um, We asked some questions. I didn't even have interest in going and like getting the job, but I still applied with her anyways. And we both got the job and um, she moved on to like other things, but I stayed and have been grateful for the job and the experience and the people and the knowledge and all that. Sound like you found like a little community, like some support there. So. Yeah, absolutely. I've come across some pretty cool people, some pretty amazing um, Wolfpack members, you know, like on and off campus. But like, it's fun. Definitely. Some school spirit. That's always good. Like when it comes to like wellness and rec, specifically your job as like program assistant, like you train people. So it's kind of like you're helping them along their journey kind of professionally. What? How how does it feel to kind of like go from teacher to, I mean, from student to teacher? So a lot of what I train people on is how to do the job right. So I help uh, recruit and train student staff. And I feel like a lot of times. A hundred plus people. <laughs> yeah, we have. A, well, honestly, in the grand scheme, that's not a lot of people um, or not as many as you would think. A hundred plus Because um, we hire so many people. But you have to meet people where they are. And so whether it's like the freshman who has never had a job before or the graduate student who, you know, has worked in however many companies prior to their graduate program, um, you really just have to learn how to talk to people. And it teaches me really good professional skills. And I meet some, again, really amazing people doing it, like international students, people who I wouldn't have known otherwise all over. So it sounds like your job is like another part of your journey when it comes to like, you know, the growth the grace the grind like it sounds very gratifying as well it seems like you're in this space where like you're deja 24 7 
Yeah, I definitely get to feed different parts of me by a lot of the stuff I do on a regular basis now. So I'd agree with that. So it sounds like you found that kind of like your lean kind of like everything's kind of like serving you. In some way, form or fashion. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. Because I feel like a lot of times you have like I don't think that any one thing is going to feed every part of everyone. And this is just one of those things that feeds the part of me that I need it to. Okay, cool. Like what are some other areas? that needs to be fed um for me personally right okay so i have that honestly my job feels like a social need and a um, professional need because i get the professional experience but i socially get to meet a lot of people um, that i'll turn around and have classes with or um, that'll you know partner with some people that i know and i'll just run into these people all types of ways after the fact um i am working on my relationship with God right now. Um, and so a lot of the investments that I've been making are faith-based, um, being more consistent in like going to church, serving, stuff like that. Um, in a personal world, um, making sure that I call my uh, family members more regularly. Um, I've been really good about when like I think about a certain family member, I'll just shoot them a text because it really only takes two seconds. It doesn't have to be a 30 minute call every time I talk to them. It can just be, hey, I'm thinking about you today. I love you. Have a great week. And then that's that, you know? Um, what else can I say? I also feel like I've been working on myself a lot. Like, I've been withdrawing a lot just to focus and internalize and reflect, which I haven't ever intentionally given myself too much time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and reflection is big because the more I do it, the further I realize I've come. And the further, the closer I am to a lot of stuff that I set out to do, which is good. But you don't get that unless you take the time to do that. So like with reflection, what that looks like for you? I keep a vision board in my room. And whenever I do it. For the people that don't know what a vision board is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a vision board is kind of just like, I can tell you what my vision board is. I don't know about everybody else's. But um, <laughs> my vision board has um, some words on it, you know, uh, like some powerful positive words like I have like affirm motivate encourage inspire um and then I have a few pictures you know literally cut out from a magazine like many people do um of service of community of people speaking of friends getting together of um houses that one day I hope to buy like anything like that it goes on my vision board and then I also we buy houses listen okay real estate yes if you don't what is that quote if you fail to plan and you plan to fail you got to but um i just feel like does it have a fence does it <laughs> you know what honestly it only shows the front of the house it's not gated but i don't know what the backyard looking like right now we can get to that later like we cutting grass like it's a big house yeah so you cutting grass yeah no you know we might outsource you know get in a position to do that consistently Wow, we try, <laughs> we try to move on the income bracket. I'm okay. done. <laughs> Got to break some generational curses out here, Sean. What you talking about? That's that child, please. That's I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love talking to you. You always make me laugh. No, but for real, like all tight, like no matter how small or how big it is, it goes on my vision board, and then I put a date on it, and I just think about all the stuff. Like every year, I update the same vision board and. What I do is I write a goal on an index card and I say this goal is professional or academic or personal. I write what the goal is and then I write when I need to do it by. 
And then I check it off and I put it at the bottom of my vision board. And at the end of the year, I take all my checked off goals and I put them in a Ziploc bag. And when I feel like I haven't done something or I'm not doing enough, I go find that Ziploc bag and I sit here and I'm like, yo, you have done like more, not more than enough, but like it may not feel like you're doing something, but it's adding up, you know? That is so important because like it sounds like I'm bragging about not. Sometimes I forget how much I do. Honestly, sometimes I forget how much I'm doing and it because it's like when I tell people like I did this, did this, did this, I say it very matter of factly because that's just about like my life. So I don't really put like values to it. Kind of like this is like a lot like this is like I don't put like kind of like it, this achievement took like this achievement took like three months of time and I say like oh it took like two seconds because it's just my life that's just like the grind that's just like I've internalized like that's just whatever but for other people that's great that's significant that's a lot and for me it's not and I've learned to like kind of like be like kind of big myself up a little bit kind of like I did that it's hard to do it for me because I really try to stay humble as much as possible I really don't like it took me a while to learn how to like be in interviews and talk about myself mm-hmm. because I struggled for the longest to be like, yo, I did this. I did that. Uh, I took credit for this project. I led this project. I did that. I made this decision because it's kind of like also had so much help. That's another thing. Like in my journey of self-discovery, I mean, through my self-development, there's always been like a community of people, whether that be mentors, uh, mentors being both male and female just like having that community of support to like kind of guide me as well having elders having people who are more experienced kind of like like you said with your supervisor just kind of like guide you through that process it's sometimes i had to learn i had to learn to kind of like take ownership not just of the bad stuff but the good stuff i do right so i feel you. and i feel like a lot of times um we fail to realize that it's like yes people are going to help you along the way but it's okay to like speak up for yourself and say this is what I was responsible for this is what I accomplished like and it's not shorting yourself and it's not um, discrediting them because they serve in a way to like help you be able to do stuff like that like they're in, they're happy when they see that you did it and they know that you know you ask them for advice you ask them for feedback I will never forget I think this was like my freshman year or something I had applied to a job or a position or something and I didn't get the job and I wasn't really bummed about it but I did want feedback because I was like, well, dang, like, what what do y'all feel like I could do better? Like, where can I take this? Um, and the guy I was talking to told me, he was like, honestly, Deja, you are awesome. And we know that you're going to do some amazing stuff, but your interview wasn't strong. And so I was like, well, OK, what can I do better? Why wasn't it strong? Where is it? Where does it need some tweaking at? And he said, you spoke a lot about your abilities um, and your skills and your experiences. But instead of talking about them from your perspective, you said we. You spoke as a we and not an I. And I, it's so funny because I take that wherever I go because I am a we and not an I. And so whenever I do something, I speak from the perspective of like me and my community, me and my team, the people that I'm like representing, even if it's just me in the space. And I think that is so funny because it's a strength. In that situation, it wasn't. But like, I didn't miss anything I wasn't supposed to have. So. That is factual. Like, I've learned that, like, 
even if like an opportunity didn't work out that doesn't mean you took a loss because it wasn't for you so it's like it sounded like they wanted uh something different from what you were able to like give because like you're very a we and not an i person yeah so that wouldn't have like really served you so it's kind of like gotta stop certain things so we can prosper for ourselves i learned that god will stop certain opportunities because it doesn't serve you he's like kind of takes to like kind of like you can believe something so much is for you but he knows better for you so he's like i'm gonna stop this you may not see it right now but this doesn't serve you i think you kind of learn that feedback well that kind of opportunity like probably wouldn't have served me because that's who i am as a person that's a core part of my my strength is to be a we instead of an i so i don't think that's a particularly like a weakness i'd agree in any position that i've had since um the people that i've gotten to work with see me as a we like see our work and execution as a team and that's the type of that's the type of environment that i thrive in where i can talk to my supervisor not just about the professional job but just about um constructive feedback and i feel comfortable receiving that feedback from them and you know, just like building that relationship, um, it it just works better for me personally. Yeah, like you, I've learned to like be in environments that cultivate my strength instead of making me look at my weaknesses. Yes, that's very well said. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm good. Well, I I, I can speak. You know what I'm saying? Like I got some. I got some. You know what I'm saying? Some some Listen, wisdom. You know? I'm already knowing. I I've, I've listened to a few episodes, and you know, I told you which ones are like my faves, but they're all the ones I've listened to thus far, and I agree. I appreciate that. I appreciate that because, like, honestly, like, I appreciate all the goodwill I've gotten from the podcast because it's just been such a dope experience. Um, gotta look at my notes. Okay, what does your self care routine look like? When it's flourishing, it looks like sleeping the same day that I wake up. Um, I try and get eight hours. I eat a big breakfast. I work out, I talk to some relatives, I go to work, do my schoolwork. I listen to podcasts throughout the day. I still love listening to podcasts, YouTube videos, the likes, stuff like that. Like, what are some podcasts you listen to right now? Ooh. Besides me. <laughs> Man, okay. So I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love The Secret to Success with Eric Thomas and Associates, CJ and uh, Carl. Um I listen to that weekly. I actually just a couple of weeks ago went to the Redefining Wealth live podcast. She that podcast is one of my favorites. That experience was amazing. Those are two that I listen to every week, like not missing it. Um, what else do I listen to? Uh, what's that guy's name? Jay something. I'm drawing a blank on his last name. James John. No, his name is Jay, but I can't think of his last name. Oh, his name is just Jay. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the Jays of the world. No, but really. Jay Shetty on Purpose Podcast. I love his podcast. His content is amazing. Those are probably top three. Top three. Okay. Make sure I, make sure y'all write that down. And thank you for sharing that. What's yeah. some, you say YouTube? Like so like there's some YouTube channels like you dedicate your time to? I wouldn't say channels. Honestly, really a lot of the stuff that I love comes from morning motivation. 
um, because I don't consider myself to be a morning person, but I will get up and do what I need to do early. Like morning. when you told me you woke up and worked out in the morning, I felt so inspired because <laughs> I was like, "Wait, you actually wake up to work out?" Like I never heard heard that before. Like I was just like, "I roll out of bed." Like, <laughs> I have to wake up and work out because if I don't wake up and work out, it's not gonna get done. I don't work out in the evenings, and honestly, when I do, it's not as good as if I would have worked out in the morning. Because in the morning, I'm just like with whatever, like. If I go to a group fitness class or something and they're like, do however many burpees, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, bet. Let's get it. Like, let's go. By 5 p.m., I'm like, I'm not doing that. Or I'm like taking the modified version, you know? Like, I'm like taking the modified version. <laughs> like, I'm not doing push-ups on my feet. I'm doing them on my knees, knowing good and well I need to push myself. Like, it's just a completely different headspace I'm in. Like, I feel you on that. I learned, like, I, I'm the opposite. Like, I work out in the evening because I can sleep better. I learned, like, working out in the evening helped me sleep like much better like i wake up so like i went from like waking up in the morning feeling like a slug just like uh to waking up kind of like a bear wakes up from like hibernation so it's just like i'm ready to like get my fish from the river you know what i'm saying rejuvenated (laughs) you talking about hibernation (laughs) like I i wake up from like a hibernation feeling like i'm ready for the hunt you know what i'm saying like i'm ready to get my fish for the day you know what i'm saying Whatever works for you, that's the best fit. Yeah, yeah I learned, I've learned that too. Like, whatever works, like, you can't look at somebody else's journey and be like, yo, I got to do that. Definitely look for inspiration. Like, when you say you worked out in the morning, I had to think about what is the best time for me to work out. I knew it wasn't the morning because I'd be looking like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah. <laughs> but, like, I'm glad you found that for yourself, though, because, like, that's, that was key. That was key because it made me think though. When you told me that, I was legit like shocked. I was like, "She wakes up in the morning," and you said it was like, "What time was it?" You woke up. I usually get up between five and six thirty, somewhere. Between. So before the sun even come up. Only because daylight savings ended. Any other time, it'd be bright and before, early. Before the sun even came up, before the sun even comes up, you already out there like working out. Like that's. I ain't going to say it's crazy, but, like, that's very, like, that's honestly very inspiring, honestly. Before the even sun, the sun even comes up, you out there grinding, starting your day. I need to get back to it. I've been inconsistent lately. And, it's, and you know what? I learned there's nothing wrong with that. You got to give yourself grace sometimes. Get back on the ball, most definitely. But you got to <laughs> give yourself grace. <laughs> you got to give yourself grace when you get off the ball because, like, that's how you, you get back on the balls by giving yourself that grace like hitting yourself hard when you're already like not doing what you like you know you're supposed to be doing because like that's already the hit to yourself when you're like not living up to your expectation that's already hit to hit yourself again by feeling bad about it means you're gonna that's gonna be another block to you like getting back on the ball i completely agree with that yeah that's true like my mentor put it to me like you gotta have a short memory when it comes to like stuff like that and I'm my biggest critic, so usually if I'm on myself about something, you I'm, most definitely are. I'm like cutthroat. Like, can't nobody tell me anything worse than what I've already like put myself through, and I don't need to hear anybody's mouth about it. Like, I'm that person, for sure. I I've learned to be. I'm kind of like, I'm my biggest critic as well. I hold myself to like a like a standard of just like if I fail, I feel like trash because I'm just like, bro, I know I'm like this great amazing person but i'm not living up to that so why i'm not living up to that i'm trash i i can't believe i'm trash so it becomes this revolving thing 
and like I learned how to, I had to get get like I had to break that cycle in order to be that amazing person. So you gotta give yourself grace, growth, grind, and grace. Grace, God. Grace, grace, grind, and growth. Grace, yes. grind, and growth. All of the above. All of the above. Gotta give yourself some grace. So, what is like some of the hardest truths you had to learn about yourself? Hardest truths I've learned about myself. Perception is reality. And sometimes what I perceive isn't accurate. Uh, Speak more to that. Okay, so if I think that something is going on and I shouldn't apply or I shouldn't go and show up and do all these things because all the other people have whatever else they're doing, um, that's not the reality. Like, that's just a perception. And so I have to check myself sometimes on that. So, like, you're perceiving yourself as like what not worthy or something or like not that i'm not worthy but that i don't necessarily well for lack of a better term yeah honestly um and that's obviously not true like a lot of times i talk my i used to talk myself out of stuff um or tell myself no before even putting my foot in the door or turning in a resume or application and that's just something i learned about myself like i check myself a lot more now like what made you realize that I don't think that there was any one moment. I think I just got tired of the feeling that you get after you tell yourself no, and then you see how it turns out for other people. What's that? What's that feel like? Um, for me, it felt like disappointment. Like, girl, what are you doing? Like, do you not know who you are? Because, like, after the fact, right, you start checking yourself, and you're like, the fact is X, but my feelings say Y, but my feelings don't matter because they're temporary. Um, and Ooh, we'll talk about that <laughs> <laughs> no for real because you have to look at the situation and like look at look at it for what it is um and I do that checks and balances a lot more now because I'll be like I feel this way I feel like I don't want to but really the fact is I can I'm just choosing not to because if I don't try then I I don't have to worry about being rejected or something like that see I learned to like it's funny you say that because like that's something I've also learned in a, like in the past year is rejection isn't a bad thing. Um, I've learned like to get a better relationship with certain concepts like rejection, money, different things like that. I learned like there's a relationship to that. Like as far as like I associate rejection with like a bad thing, like I'm unwanted. I've learned to kind of like unlearn that rejection isn't always like i'm unwanted or like i'm not able to it's like it may not serve me it may it may be like there's good and bad things to rejection there's it's not it's very nuanced it's not very it's not just this bad thing Mm -hmm. sometimes i don't want to be a part of something (laughs) sometimes i don't want to be a part of something i don't want to be associated with that but like there's also the thing of like when it comes to rejection kind of like once you get rejected enough times, I feel like this is especially especially true for college students. After the second and third rejection, like it is what it is. It's like it's less of a lost game and more of a missed shot. Yes, that's accurate. That is because now I don't care. Like I'm, I have all the uh, canned responses, if you will, in the world to like why something didn't happen. Oh, that wasn't for me. Oh, I'm not gonna miss something that's not for me. Oh, um, you know, sometimes rejection is redirection. Like I can go on, but that's accurate like when you get into the habit of applying yourself you know that you have equal 
chances of being accepted just as you do rejected and it's not that deep it really isn't it's like a missed shot it's just like okay get back on it in the beginning i didn't know that i i wasn't that that's wasn't the thing there. the beginning it hurts like, it's like <laughs> you feel like you lost the game you're just like man i put all this effort into it because like yo applying to some of these things bro these applications be brutal like they'd be like i want your life story i'd be like why like <laughs> or they make you jump through so many hoops before you even get to the like you got web swing through the hoops like it's just like i gotta be spider-man basically because like i got wall crawl i gotta jump or even like sometimes before you even get to like do the application when they tell you like this is what you need to do and you have to like find more information because it's not enough given to you have you ever had an application like that grad school um <laughs> <laughs> uh, grad school um that's a whole other thing we ain't gonna get into that but i feel what you're saying with that or when it comes to some of these internships yeah yeah when it comes to some of these internships it's like you have to know somebody to know somebody to know somebody and that's how you really get your foot in the door like that application is just kind of like paper it's paperwork yeah. i learned the real work is like in the workspace itself like people have to know you know like like it's not what's it what's it called it's not about who you who who you know is like who knows you that's like very much like the truth you have to do the work to like network like networking is super important absolutely like you're not gonna get no job out here without networking like you gotta be able to talk to people like soft skills are not soft skills they're essential skills like you have to be able to talk to people now you can't just be like you I have this amazing resume i got this this like bro that don't even matter everybody got an amazing resume Degrees will get you in the building. The right contacts will get you in the room. Yeah, for sure. Dang, where's that from? I don't know. I heard it before, though. I can't tell you where. That's I something like, like, something like, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I do, so I really cannot <laughs> tell you. Like, I have no idea. That, that's the thing, the other thing about, like, when you listen to a lot of podcasts, you develop all these sayings and stuff like that. <laughs> you I were just like, what? Where did this come from? Like, I learned, like, there's another saying I learned, like practice doesn't make per- <coughs> practice doesn't make perfect. It just makes routine. Like it just mm-hmm. That's good. I know, but I couldn't say where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> I say. Well, it stuck to you, so you must need it. So most de- I needed to learn that because like a lot of times th- the lesson was really like you could practice bad habits. You can. So it's like have a community of support to tell you when you're doing something wrong so you're able to improve you need that mentorship you need that leadership so that you can be your best self because you may not be able to see that you're practicing bad habits so you need that person to be like hey you're doing this wrong it's the same thing because like in athletics like a lot of of reason why people get injured is because they've been practicing the wrong way you need somebody to check you in your blind spots at all times. Definitely. Wait, it's it's time for my favorite part of this interview. Travel. Travel. So, I've traveled abroad. You've traveled abroad. I have. Where did we go? I went to China for half the summer, this past summer. You went to China. I did, and I'm so excited. Even just thinking about it, I get excited like it didn't already happen. So for the people who don't know, since Deja was 12, since 12 years old, you've been exposed to, like, the Chinese language. Yeah, I started taking it in, like, middle school. So, like, you developed 
like a love for like Chinese culture since like before like you were a teenager. Right. Yeah. So it seems like you made it like because we go to your what was it had GoFundMe. You definitely talked about like how much you love China, how much you love like that culture, like how much it's like kind of impacted you and how you were very intentional about when you got, got to college to incorporate uh, China, uh, the Chinese language into like your studies and stuff like that. Why? What? What's behind all that? Honestly, I think I just chose it when I was in middle school because my mom had taken Spanish and my dad had taken French, and I was like, ah, eh, y'all did that, y'all can have that to yourself. Like I'm gonna just do something different, and different was Chinese. And once I started, I just loved it. Like it was, it wasn't much to it besides just like I mean. I'm not going to make it sound easy because like learning a language isn't really easy. But I think that the more I learned about it, I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. Like I would just like go all out for projects and I would just like go the extra mile on homework. And I really just found it fascinating. And then when I get I ended up taking a break um, because I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I moved to Charlotte halfway through high school. And the school that I went to initially didn't offer it. Were you from Buffalo? Yes. So we from Buffalo? Buffalo out here, yes. Where is Buffalo? Upstate Western New York. So it's like 20 minutes away from Canada. Did you ever go to Canada? I've been to Canada too many times. Have you been to Toronto? I've been through Toronto. Have you seen Drake? I've not seen Drake. <laughs> I haven't been enough to see Drake. That's crazy. But I've been enough to say that I went. I've been to Canada once. Uh, high school. Okay. Shout out to the uh, Business and Finance Academy at Hillside High School. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, they sponsored a trip for us to go to Canada. Went to Toronto. And saw Niagara Falls, which is great. So, yeah, that was that was kind of like my experience with Canada. And what was it? No, I'm not going to say that one here. I'm not going to say that one here. But, um... We um I enjoyed my time in Canada, um, very much so. But continue what you were saying. I just I rem I remember you was from New York. I remember because we talked about this before. Because we both were born in New York City. I was born in Brooklyn. You was born in Buffalo. Um, that's not in New York City. Yeah, it's right. just from the state. It's from, from the state. It's in the, the state. state of New York. Yeah. Oh, so it's outside the city. Yeah, I'm not from the city. I got complete like op- because this well, complete guess- <laughs> opposite, like geographically and culturally, complete opposite environment, completely different environment. What, what type of environment is it? Um, I would say Buffalo is way smaller, <laughs> for sure. Not as nearly, not nearly as densely populated. So, like, very rural? Are we talking? Um, certain areas, but I'm from the city, so not my experience. Um, but like the suburbs, yeah, pretty rural. Um. But I just feel like the pace is way slower than New York City. I feel like the big cities, even in the state of North Carolina, like what we have for big cities is way faster than Buffalo. So, like, it's slower than North Carolina? Not all of North Carolina, just the big cities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how to compare it to, like, give you a vivid image. So, like, what type of, like, what what, what do you feel like to grow up there? Like, um, When I went to school, uh, I... Even though I didn't end up graduating from that school, I was in a class of like 120 people, and like that's a that's a typical class size. Like, but the school that I graduated from, I was like 
one of like 427, 430, something like that. 430? People in my graduating class. Total? In my graduating class, yeah. Dang, that's crazy. So like, what's, so like, is it a city out there? Like, Buffalo? Like, is it urban? Like, what type of city we talking? I mean, it's pretty urban, yeah. So it's, I'm trying to get like how you grew up as far as like, your experience in like, in this city is like, have you, I'm trying to picture like, picture Buffalo like, like, does the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills play? Like, do they have a stadium up there? Like, Yeah, the stadium is in the suburbs, which is technically in a different city, though. Really? Yeah, the stadium, <laughs> people always find this interesting. The stadium is in Orchard Park, um, which is, like, outside of Buffalo. But it's called the Buffalo Bills. I understand, and I see the dilemma. I didn't do it, though. <laughs> like, I know. I was, I was trying to figure this out in my head because I'm very confused because, like, is Buffalo even part? So Buffalo is part of New York, but it's not yes. part of New York City. No, there's so much more to New York than New York City. Like, I mean, just city-wise, like there are a bunch. Of I mean, my cities. life has been in the city, so like, I know. Like he said, like it's hard for me to associate anything outside the city. It's just like, is that still New York? Is that just Connecticut? Like, wow. <laughs> Next, please. <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> I'm done. Um, but nah. Shout out to Buffalo. Shout out to Buffalo. I cannot. But we was talking about how much we love China. Right. Back on track. Um, Yeah, so what I was saying was I had um, ended up changing high schools. And when I changed high schools, I wasn't able to take Chinese anymore. Um, And then I came back to college. I came back to college. I went to college. (laughs) (laughs) I went to college knowing that I wanted to do something with the language. Um, I didn't really know how. I didn't know if I wanted to major in it, minor in it. Um, I knew that I wanted to study abroad and I knew that I wanted to go. I didn't I didn't even have my major figured out at this time. I just knew China, Chinese, China. Like those are two boxes I'm checking before I graduate. So for people that don't know, it took a journey for Asia to find her major. It did. It did. It did. I came in undecided um, and then I changed. Um, I think it's important for people to hear that story because like you definitely went through like a journey of trying to find your like your major. Listen, did I? Um, I only I got into a major and then I changed out of it. So I had initially came in undecided, decided to go into political science, decided to go from political science to communication, which is my current major. Um, and it was a struggle. Like I'm a planner. I like to have a plan, work the plan, know what I'm doing, know what I need to do, and do just that. Like, it's really that simple. Nowhere in my expectations did I not expect to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, And I had to accept that. That's also another thing I learned about myself. I love to know. I love to have all the answers, all the details, all the questions, all that. But it doesn't work like like that. You like that security. Yeah, for sure. And it tells me how to move. Like, what do I need to do to get the job done? Like... Let me know. So, like, you have to be able to, like, have the lights on, see what's going on forward, move. So how do you deal with, like, the unknown? That's something that I'm learning to do. Um, honestly, take it day by day and take your next best step. See, I learned just to shoot, bro. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So, nah, what they're saying is, right, you got to be able to, like, move 
according to your pace and moving what's best. I learned when dealing with the unknown is for one to calm down. The unknown is unknown. It could be good or bad. Just got to take it for what it is. Be realistic at all times, but idealistic at the same time at all times. Because it could work out for your good. It could work out for your bad, but you won't know until it becomes known. So, yeah. Also, know that the unknown will be known sooner than later. It's just what it is. Because, like, what you fear is, like, time is going to move forward regardless. So, like, what, it, what you're going to know what's up sooner than later. Because it's going to hit you. Because, like, whether it's an opportunity, whether you're worried about, say, like, grad school, like, those application cycles are going to happen with or without you. So you have to, you have to kind of get that out of your head because you have to, like, understand that once when you're dealing with the unknown like whether you're going to get into that grad school or not if you don't apply you're never going to know so yeah definitely you miss every shot you don't take 100 percent of them so when it comes to like traveling like by finding your major traveling in china i feel like those two, two things are interconnected like, how did it feel to, like, finally get to, like, the place you always wanted to go? Um, It was amazing, especially because I knew that I had a lot of support in doing it. Like, my family was behind me the entire way. Like, they were like, girl, you need to do all the things you can do in China. You need to go. You need to have the time of your life. You need to excel in those classes. You need to speak the language. You need to order your food in the language just because just you can. Like, um, How you order food in China? The same way you do here, just not in English. So how's that sound? Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of Chinese restaurants are way more, I don't know how I would say. So Deja doesn't want to speak Chinese. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. Um, Yeah, I don't even know what I, let me think. I have to think of something to say, but I feel like the nature of a lot of restaurants in China are just more open and they're just like, hey. What do you want as opposed to like um this is our menu like more interactional style yeah that we have here um and i thought that was super cool uh, i remember one time in china my friends were eating and i had eaten before i had went to catch up with them at a restaurant and so i tried to order my friend a to-go box and instead i ordered myself a to-go box with food instead like with the food in it already instead mm-hmm. of just getting a box because I had to say something wrong. I don't know what I said wrong. <laughs> but he was like, oh, you want, like, he thought I wanted to order what they had to go. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted a box for my friend. And yeah. it was so funny. Everybody was, like, cracking up. That sounds funny. That's, like, how do you, so, like, what is, what is, like, your favorite Chinese dish? Dumplings. I love dumplings. Which you did not like bring back for your boy, even though I asked you. I asked you for dumplings. I don't recall this. That's crazy. I legit was like, "Yo, can you give me some dumplings?" I do not have any recollection, like whatsoever. I'm not even joking. That's crazy. So, what does how you say dumplings in like China Chinese? Jiaozi. Jiaozi. Okay, that's the first that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the first time I heard uh, Deja oh speak anything in Chinese. I've been trying for like two years straight to be like, as long as I know you, 
As long as I, I know you. Listen, I don't L- know where you're getting this. As long as I know I know you. I've never heard you speak Chinese. I've asked you multiple times. It's the no, first time. That's not how that goes. But it's the first time. That is not how that goes. <laughs> exactly, don't tell them that. That's exactly that's how not. That is that is the first time I've experienced you speaking Chinese. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I asked multiple times. I was like, hey, like, like say something Chinese, like. That's not how that conversation go. That's exactly how that conversation went. That's exactly how that conversation. I asked you multiple times. That's not true. Right. <laughs> so, Jiaotsu. I said it right. Yeah, Jiaotsu. Jiaotsu. Okay. What also, like, what did you learn in China? Um, I studied business classes, but I went with a group of NC State students, and we had a couple of professors, and then we had um, a bunch of, like, guest lecturers from the University of Shanghai, Shanghai University. Because, like, China is a big place, so, like, where did you go? Um, So, most of my classes, so, the campus that I was on was Shanghai University, um, and so that's where I spent most of my time, Um, and then we had like excursions and trips built in where we would go to um, Suzhou, uh, Hangzhou, which are different cities in China. Um, And then the last week we spent in Beijing and did the Great Wall and had like Beijing duck and all the customs. You you doing flips out there and like... Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I did a a cartwheel on the Great Wall. That's amazing. Like like, how big is the Great Wall? (sighs) I couldn't even tell you. It's huge. (laughs) Like how if... Because like... When it comes to like like you've seen all the like was China everything you thought it would be? And then some. And then some. Talk about the then some. Um I was aware of the cultural differences. Um, the they have like a bunch of politically different, um, a bunch of socially different, academically different, like you name it, it's different than the US. Um, and I felt like so many times we had we would go sightseeing and just learn something that I didn't already know after studying it for so long prior to going. So the and then some comes from still being shocked and still being in awe, even though I knew what to expect and just hadn't experienced it yet. That's kind of like how, for me, like when it came to like Africa, like it's so much I, I knew about Africa, but like actually getting down like in Ghana and just like learning so much about like cultural things, political things, like you said, how everything's so different, how much community means so much down there. Like, I knew, like, as far as, like, the diaspora goes, like, African African diaspora community is a big thing. But, like, for it to see it, it's different. Seeing something is, like, is, like, very different. Definitely. So, like, when it comes to traveling internationally, how did that feel? It was great. I've been to uh, Canada before, and I've been, where else have I been? I've been to Mexico, but that flight? That flight. Woo. Talk about the flight. My flight was 15, 16 hours, I think. And that was after the flight to, was that after or before the flight? I had to, I flew to Texas first and then I flew from Texas to China. And I think in total, I probably traveled for like 18 hours. And there, China is 12 hours ahead of the US. And it was just like a lot of adjusting right off the bat like your body has to adjust to that like 12 hours ahead that's a whole that's half a that's half a day yeah we lost half a day and um we had we went on a saturday we left on a saturday u.s time um and we still had like a bunch of activities to do once we got there and you know check in uh i mean you know get from the 
airport to where we were going. And then we still had like plans and excursions and just group activities and stuff to do. It was it was a little rough that first weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people like don't know like the traveling internationally has this glitz and glamour. Like you take great pictures, see great sights, but that the logistics, man, it take a toll on you. Sure it does. Like because it's so much to experience and you have so little time. Yeah, and so you want to do it all and maximize the time that you get every day. And so you spend very little time sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really sleep. Because you can much. sleep at home. Like, you, you're you not here for that. That's the thing, too. Like, I learned, like, yo, you got to maximize your opportunity when you travel somewhere. Like, I was in St. Louis last week, and I learned I had to walk downtown, bro, because I had to, like, experience the city, like, Right. Hilarious. I mean, bro, like, and it was cold too. Everything shut down after eight. And that's the thing. I wasn't used to that. I learned, like, I learned, like, the world is so different, which is, like, weird to say. Like, you know that. But, like, the world is legit very different. Like, so many places are so different. But how did it feel to, like, I, what is it, like, how did it feel to be in China, like, as a, like, uh, woman of color. That was interesting. Uh, as if you go to China and you are black or a person of color or darker skin, um, you are in and of itself a tourist attraction in certain areas. Like, Shanghai was pretty diverse. I did see, like, a handful of other people during my time in China. But there was only one other um, black female on the trip with me. There were four of us in total, four black people. Um, and just going, so a lot of times when you're in China, because it's so big and because China is just huge in and of itself, um, when you go to like landmarks and to temples and go sightseeing and do all this fun, you know, touristy stuff, um, you're also going with a bunch of people who don't live there. And just, you know, I think a lot of times people thought just because these people um, were Chinese that they were like native to that city. Um, but it's just like if you go here and if you're here in the U.S. and you visit somewhere else, like you can't tell if somebody's from that city or not. Um, and so sometimes people would all the time, people would stop us and ask for pictures or they'd be like, hey, um, and just like try out their little bit of English on yeah. you. You know, like it was so cute and so fun. Um, but it really depends on your perspective, because I know some people who didn't think it was cute or fun and Sometimes they didn't ask before they took pictures or they just would just like walk up to you and like grab on you because they don't know English and they just want you to take a picture, but they don't know how to ask you to or anything mm. like that. It was very interesting, though. Like language barriers are always like interesting to navigate because like, you don't have words. Yeah. But gestures take you a long way, for sure. Gestures and... Smiles, body language... All that. Google Translate. I had a bunch of people talk to me through Google Translate. Like, okay, so... so wait, wait, how does that work? <laughs> because Google Translate, so you can type in what you want it to say, and then it'll read it for you. You know, like, you could do the little voice thing, and it'll read it for you. And so sometimes, um, like, for example, a lot of the stuff that I know about Chinese, like, subjects that I can speak to are, like, everyday stuff. Like, I know my colors. I know how to order food. I know how to get directions. Okay, so what are colors? Like, how you say red? Okay, black. Hesa. Hosa, Hesa. 
红色、黑色。红色、黑色、white。If I'm remembering, 白色。白色。That's how you say white. Trying to think of all the state colors and like. Oh my、Chinese. goodness! Listen here. <laughs> This is not Chinese class. <laughs> no, but like a lot of the stuff that you learn in the classroom is going to be、um, educational material only that you may not necessarily use in everyday life. And so when I would talk to people, they'd be like, "Oh, you speak Chinese," and I'd be like,、eh, "I can speak a little bit because the stuff that they're going to want to talk to you about isn't going to be stuff that you're going to learn in the classroom. They want to know." Um, all about where you've been and where, like you know, cities and destinations and sites and stuff. And I don't learn all that stuff in the classroom.、Um, and so sometimes, like my working vocabulary can start the conversation, but I can't get into all the details. I can't the depth,、um, right? And so that's when it came in handy. Or like they, it would be both ways because they would know, "Hi, hello, how are you? Where are you from?"、Um, and then after I told them I'm American. They don't know anything else. They don't know about North Carolina. They don't know what you know. They know college, but they don't know it in English or stuff like that. Right, 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 right. So it was interesting. Yeah, I I experienced that too when um I was like a leadership、uh, onsite coordinator for that global leadership where students from Zhejiang University came to NC State and like navigating that was similar for me too. Like we could talk, but it was like the depth wasn't. There, right. So we had to kind of communicate differently in simple terms, which is, like, yeah,、limited. yeah, it's very limited. Very limited, but you still get away with a good conversation sometimes. Right, you still get your point across, but it's not maybe not to the extent that you want to. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like, there's times where I wanted to go deeper on topics, but I was just like, the like the language barrier is just too much. Yo, shout out to the people making Universal Translator. Okay, so on my docket of things to talk about, we have graduation. Graduation. How do we feel about graduation? We're excited. I'm excited. So, what's next steps? That's really a really good question. So, my major is、um, public relations. Well. I said communication with a concentration in public relations.、Um, I'm interested in agency work, at least for a little bit, but I know that I won't stay somewhere long because I gotta travel. I have to get a job that allows me to travel. Um. So shout. Out, so for employers, give、uh, Deja some travel money so she can <laughs>、uh, travel and so she can stay in your agency. Yes. Um. No. But honestly, I don't have a dream job. I know a lot of people are like, "This is exactly what I want to do next." Like blah blah blah. I'm less committed to the title and more so committed to like certain guidelines that I know I need a job to have. Like I need to work in an environment where people want to be there. I need、um, management that、um, puts funds behind、um, developing their employees. I need a healthy work environment. Like I know what I look for in a job, but I don't necessarily like I'm not committed to a single particular. Position, if that makes sense. That's interesting. So, like, most people want like a specific role, dream job. Even、right. me, like, I want to specifically work in like therapy and stuff like that. So it's like I know I'm a little different. <laughs> you're a little different in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's what's up. That. I said that's what's up because, like, honestly, you being different is like was really cool about you as an individual because, like, I learned so much when I talked to you. Oh, thanks. Because like, because you're so different. That's why it's good to have different people around you. 
can have like the same people around you because like that sounds like a lot of diversity talk but it's not really <laughs> <laughs> like it's important to have people with, like different perspectives around you because like that's how you grow as a person too so graduation so you want to work in like i'm assuming ad agency work i'd be fine with ad agencies yeah but anything really communications related so whether that's like branding um, public relations media digital media marketing ads yeah stuff like that like why you like communication so much um it's fun i think it's really it's just another medium of conveying a message i guess is how i look at it true 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 that i love media work for that too so for the interest of time this would be my final question what would you wanted to, what what would you have wanted to know before you started your college journey Ooh, i have an episode on my podcast about this i i can't even remember it so i can repeat the answer if i wanted to um but what i have wanted to know growing pains are expected i was always the straight and narrow path type of person like if i knew something was wrong i didn't do it if i knew it was right i had to do it because i felt like i was supposed to but there's growth in messing up and it's okay so that's a great message to leave this podcast on again you can check out deja's podcast on spotify yeah spotify um apple Podcasts, uh soundcloud youtube most streaming platforms dope 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 and it's the make sure i get this right grace grace grind grind and growth and growth yes with deja woodart <laughs> yes all right people this has been episode i would say seven of the sean soapbox again the amazing deja woodart has been a great guest and y'all continue to be graceful grinding and growing out here man yes and that's another been another that's another dope episode in the books and i'll and we'll keep it popping over here in the studio Sean Soapbox, episode seven. Thank you, Deja, for being a great guest. Thank you for having me. This conversation has been great.